This is a HeadGum Podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm a fan of it! We love America! This level of foolishness and joy. Losers, in other words. Now watch this drive. Great ass! Damn it! I miss Tom Brady. Said no one ever. <laughs> Tom Brady. Of those women. Who would you most want to see play Satan? Between Whoa. Rita Moreno, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, and Sa- probably not Sally Field. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> a know. little out of her register. Sally would be a slay. Actually, I feel like um, Lily Tomlin would be amazing. That was my first thought. Is that your thought? Yep. Okay, then who would play God? Sally Field. Sally Field. Yeah. Maybe that's a little Pollyanna of me, but mm-hmm. I think so. Or or maybe I, Rita Moreno. I was, I was literally about to say. Right. It keeps. I keep like plagiarizing you. Like, y- yeah. yeah <laughs> my thought as well. <laughs> well, she would be like a little Mary Prankster god. A little Mary Prankster. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And she's almost as old as God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it looks she's way better. She's almost as old as God. <laughs> Isn't she like ninety five? You're not wrong. No, I mean, you're not off. You're How old li- is she? She is uh, Rita Moreno. Age is, uh, <laughs> oh, it's a recent Google search for me. Uh, <laughs> she's 91 years old. Damn. She's 91, which is crazy. That's wild. What do you think it is? Ozempic? Probably Ozempic. Probably. Well, she got an early stash Adderall. in the 60s. <laughs> yeah, she's been taking Ozempic <laughs> since <decades>. West Side <laughs> Story. <laughs> She's been on it. Yeah, Ozempic also prolongs your life. Yeah, she's her her one and only spouse passed away 13 years ago. Good lord. It's a long time to walk this. And he this was earth. an old man. Yeah. I mean, we could transition to that. How long do you want to outlive your spouse? <laughs> that, no. Holding that, hands, same second, die together. <laughs> one bullet, both heads. <laughs> Lights out. <laughs> I think we'll just crash our car. <laughs> Into what, though? Great question. The Hoover Dam. Oh, beautiful. The beautiful Hoover Dam. (laughs) An engineering marvel. One last sight to see. (laughs) 
or whatever that dam is that Harrison Ford flops off of in uh, Fugitive. <laughs> and he does flop. A movie I've seen twice recently for some reason. Fugitive? Yeah. I don't, even, I don't think I've ever even heard of that. Fugitive? It's this movie from the mid-90s. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. Excuse me. I'm Kevin T. Horror. Ooh, I like that. And Dexter's growling. And who are you? And I'm Scareline Squealy. <laughs> Scareline, I'm down with. Squealy's like, <laughs> You want to punch you, it up? You feeling out a profile or something? Hey, and it's uh, Dexter, parentheses, he- from the TV show. I think Hexter. Oh, Hexter's good, too. You don't like parentheses from the TV show? A little explainer? That could work, too. I I believe he's murdered. <laughs> I do want I I do Blood on those paws. think about if he got a squirrel and if he ended the squirrel's life in front of me if it would forever change our relationship. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, you can put a little bow tie on him and be like, you can give he's him my, my haircut. Little guy. <laughs> he's a little elf. He's so fun. He's my little brother. <laughs> and then yeah, you forget they're an animal. And then you see him take a rat's life with his jaws. Yeah, and that might that might shift things around. We're talking. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say it was scampy. I can't ever forget <laughs> the violence just under the surface. Wait, wait, what did she do? Besides uh, the violence perpetrated against you. Right. Well, that's a big one. Uh-huh. And Nathan. And then um, one time a hummingbird flew into our house on accident. And like a lightning bolt, she had that thing pinned to the ground. Postmates is here. <laughs> She's like, I ordered an ostrich. Fifteen percent tip. <laughs> um, that was amazing. But yeah, they're little. They're little violent animals. Can't forget that. Well, speaking of little violent animals, it's good Christian fun, and we're here to announce. Were you yawning or coughing? No, I was like catching my breath. Sometimes <laughs> I get out of breath for some reason when I'm talking. <laughs> I get nervous. Really? Yeah. Wait, I think I have that too sometimes. I That's don't not know. crazy. You're like always well, not here. in the flow. No, but on like, you know, oh. in other situations. The I'll Peloton? Say. Yeah, the Peloton. <laughs> Let's just say I'm out of breath when I do cardio exercise, if you know what I'm saying. The Peloton. Hey! <laughs> you think that gets me <laughs> out of breath? <laughs> you forget to breathe. <laughs> Gracious. Like David Carradine. May he rest in peace. <laughs> oh. Who died via autoerotic asphyxiation. Uh, and that is oh. real. Is that on his Wikipedia? Yeah. And if it's not, I'm going to add it. <laughs> it should be. No, it definitely is. <laughs> you have to check that. Yeah. No, it 100% is. I'm not. David Carradine, who most people would know from the TV show Kung Fu or the titular Bill in the movie Kill Bill. Uh, yes, he was in Bangkok. Uh, he was found dead in a hotel. Oh my god! The police suggested the death might have been from accidental suffocation due to autoerotic asphyxiation. Autoerotic asphyxiation, since there was no suicide note. That term. And he was found with a rope tied to his neck and his genitals. Okay, now is this disputed? Is this <laughs> disputed? Huh. Kevin's going full wiki right now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, Checking footnotes. I'm getting lost in the flow. Well, I'm thinking about feet tonight, obviously. Right. 
And you want to make sure that the spelling's right on your Wikipedia page sometimes. You got to check how it's going to go down. I have no Wikipedia page. I'm not a person enough of note to have a Wikipedia Didn't page. you definitely have one at some point? Mm-mm. I'm probably on other people's Wikipedia page. Do you I think I'm on a- Ellen's Wikipedia page? Ooh, let's find out. Uh, I bet not. I bet my name is not on Could this page. be a second service concept? Is what? I was guessing about things that might be on Wikipedia. Oh, definitely. Oh, yep. I'm on her Wikipedia ah, page. That's funny. Kevin, that's huge. Oh, big That's like deal. being in someone's obituary, survived by <laughs> Kevin T. Porter's tweets and Washington Post article. <laughs> now, that would be the honor is if, I sur- if, if I'm in the obit. For yeah. Him, you know? have to wait it out. I recently read an obituary uh, written by... A man, he wrote his own obituary. This character actor named James Rebhorn, mm-hmm. who's one of those that guys that you recognize, like oh, that, that guy. And it was very touching and very sweet to his like family and friends. Would you want to write your own obituary? Because after reading it, it made me want to do it. Yeah, I didn't even think you could do that. <laughs> I was against the rules. Yeah, it seems like, yeah, poor form, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like let other people give you the compliments, right? But this then- is a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You let others write the obit. Don't write your own. <laughs> Don't pick and choose what's going to go. Yeah, Jerry, I'm on draft That's four. That's the point of dying. <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> we get to say whatever we want about you. Right, sorry. We get to speak our piece. <laughs> that is a... That's a sweet idea. I, I think it's nice because he was so kind and generous to his family and he was like this is the meaning of my life as my wife and two daughters and my son-in-law who was like my own son especially in the last months of my life because he died of cancer and the son-in-law helped him out so much and it was it was very touching people can sweet look that up uh yeah anyway speaking get around to that the day after i die (laughs) you procrastinate (laughs) yeah like, Caroline, you have 12 days to live. I need a solid deadline. Is it 12? Is it 13? It could be 13. A baker's dozen? All right, I'll take it 13 then. <laughs> well, we're talking about death, and we're talking about scary stuff because we got something. I don't have a sting for this or a drop. I have drops for so many things. We could make one right now. <laughs> 20 seconds in heaven? Movie hell. We're in movie hell. So listen, on GCF Second Service, we do a feature called Movie Heaven. We watch a regular movie, a not bad movie. A non-believers movie. A not a secular movie made in the secular world by the likes of David Zaslav and Carol Lombardini, <laughs> her real name. And we talk about from a Christian lens and perspective. We're in the month of October, as you're listening to this. It's October the 4th, and we got four weeks of this. The last of which, does it come out on Halloween? Now, it'll be, the last of this will come out on October the 25th. So you'll have, you know, then it'll be November 1st afterward. And I just read the calendar for the rest of the episode. And after that, guess what, Caroline? Thanksgiving is just around the corner. Christmas doesn't follow on a Wednesday this year, but wouldn't it be cool if it did? And Hanukkah. Let's see how that's <laughs> syncing up with our schedule. So we're doing movie hell. We're doing scary, spooky movies of a faith sort and a faith material. Supernatural horror. All month long, baby. 
<laughs> Caroline was so into the I'm idea. I'm not scared. She did respond when I suggested the idea with yes, exclamation point. But weirdly, you know how you can make your text wobble on iMessage? <laughs> like only the exclamation point was wobbling for some reason and the S a little bit. Like and there it, was a little P coming out of it too. She made P come out of her iMessage, <laughs> which I thought, man, iOS 17, they're really making some strides. I wish I wasn't like this. You know, I love scary movies in theory. Let's <laughs> talk about that. I sit my ass down. Oh. I'm like, okay. Do your worst. <laughs> and then I finished the movie and I'm like, that was pretty scary. Not that bad though. <laughs> and I liked it. I liked it. Uh, Kyle Mooney from uh, SNL when they does Dr. Demon. Do you know that sketch? I don't know Dr. Demon. Dr. Demon? Scared. It's just this guy won't admit the entire night. He's really scared. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's me. That's you. And then cut to, you know, 3 a.m. I wake up for my middle of the night potty break, as we all do, I mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. And I'm mm -hmm. so scared. It comes later. It comes then. Okay. When all my defenses are down and I'm about to be unconscious. <laughs> the like, devil's hour. We're just laying here, lights out, and there's all kinds of stuff going on in my house. This happened last night. Mm -hmm. I finished watching this 1976, like, not scary movie. And then last night, I wake up in the middle of the night. I got I to gotta go number one so bad. Uh -huh. But I hear be my... Be honest. Was it number one? It was number one. Okay. God, Thanks for that being That would honest. be rough if I had a number two every single night. What if that <laughs> was your schedule? Well, you know, that might be your schedule one day. You the can't... middle of the night. We can't plan for these things. That's true. Meetings come for you. Anyway... Scamby's freaking out in the living room. Like, I hear her. She's riding on her little tricycle <laughs> while you're changing a plant. <laughs> She's like, get on the ladder. Go ahead. <laughs> Might be fun. Now you're safe up there. Lean over the balcony. Um, yeah, I got scared. I freaked out. You spooked out. We're talking this week about the 1976 film, The Omen. And we're going to end today's episode by saying it all Pods people said, okay, I love you, Emma. Omen. Omen. <laughs> We're saying omen today. Okay, thank you. Uh, this Can is... I give you one more tag to that story? Please. Do you remember da uh, Dana? No, no, no. Stephanie came on. This was a few weeks ago. Stephanie Ritter. Yes. Tell and she told him. a little funny ghost story. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and I was in the room. Ha, L, O, L. How fun. That night, I had this is awesome. full nightmare about a little boy ghost scampering around our house, oh. covering our walls with writing, waiting in the corner. I get up to chase him. He's running away from me. Then he's just outside the window. This is my dream. And it's Evan Hansen from Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> the, the youngest man I've ever seen. Anyway, I was so scared. I had to wake up Nate. Really? Yeah. And what... If I can ask, what what happens when you wake Nate up? Is it just like, I want someone to be up with me? Or are you like... Yeah. Okay. He, oh, he's so nice. I mean, he'll just like hold my hand and he'll ask, like, did you have a bad dream? I'm like, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, Was it the little boy? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the little boy goes. And then he'll like hold my hand. And then it, honestly, once he's up, I feel a little less like I'm in the, you know, limbo 
liminal space of scary things. Mm-hmm. Where the, and like if someone else is alive and awake, I'm like, okay, this is dumb. Yeah, because yeah. you exit from your cuckoo narrative yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. trapped inside your own head. I don't like being called cuckoo, but okay. No, well, I'm, I'm saying you. <laughs> I'm kidding. A little boy writing <laughs> stuff on your. hysteric state. <laughs> Your small woman brain is jolted back to reality by a masculine, meaty, muscular brain. <laughs> right, right, right. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. I definitely don't have one Do of those. Do you ever get scared in here? Because you live alone, and I feel like that would be really scary. Uh, that's a good question, and not one I think about <laughs> a lot. Because I, I'm trying to think of the last time. I will say, I got freaked out last night. But it was from a TikTok, so that doesn't really count. Oh, well, tell me this story. I, w- I was sitting where I'm sitting now, which I'm unreasonably comfortable in, in a way that freaks me out. And oh, I yeah. wonder if I'm Kevin gonna- is upset that his chair is so comfy. Well, because I'm usually, <laughs> we don't have a guest tonight, so the guest usually sits over here. But the futon, it sounds like I'm in the dorm room, but the futon I usually have, I got rid of, per the request of Caroline, she made me do it. Just kidding. I really wanted to do it for like five years. Yeah. And I think that was the community was, was speaking through me. I I fulfilled a community need. It was and a it's all butt about mutuality. Futon. The community butt situation was very out of hand for the last however many years. So I, I put the chair that used to be in the other room in here. And now when we record, I'm I'm in this chair. And I'm wondering if I'm too relaxed, I'm going to do a worse job, if I'm going to lack focus Mm. and not pay attention to what you're saying. Also, because my laptop's right here, instead of like (laughs) leaning forward and and futzing with it, I can just be like, "Uh uh-huh. You can go full tabs out. Yeah. Oh, and I got like 12. (laughs) You got your tootsies up and your socks. Like that scared you. Um, Yeah. It's like bed. You're like, you're, you're. Thinking like, oh, the artist needs to be tortured in order in order to like create great art. As a difficult genius, what my <laughs> genius can't thrive unless there's difficulty right. facing me to react difficultly too. <laughs> so I was sitting here last night scrolling through my FYP, and there was something called "Listen to this AD audio." It came up so quick that I couldn't even process what it was. What's AD audio? So it was eight D, like the number oh. eight, the letter D. And it was uh, like that. And there was a guy saying, come in. And and I was sitting here and where it was, where it was in the soundscape of my headphones. When you had headphones on? It was on? behind me to the right. Oh, so I was like, oh my God. What? And, I, and there was a screen door that opened. I was like, what the fuck? And it truly fooled me. And I scrolled back to it because I went to another one and then I scrolled back to it. I was like, this is too freaky. I I cannot listen to this That is again. so scary. Because it really, it, it sounded just like it. Just like someone was coming up mm-hmm. your door. Whoa. I'm trying to think of other, I mean, I don't get scared. Here. I mean, I, you I don't live, get like intruder fear. You know what it is? I think because I'm friends in a good way with the person that shares the wall with me. Mm. That if I was like, oh shit. I could be like, help, and it yeah. would be fine. And get she wouldn't be mad at me. Her ass murdered, too. Yeah, I, she could get <laughs> killed, too. <laughs> no, we don't know if it's killing or if it's just like little haunting and spookings. Yeah. That they want for me. That's worse. The hauntings and spookings? Yeah. Because death is like, the please end. please just kill me. <laughs> yeah, just like, let's get it over with. Can we please move on? Uh, but no, I don't, I don't get scared as much. Although I'm trying well, to remember. Good. You shouldn't. I mean, yeah. I <laughs> it doesn't know. do anything, you know? It doesn't, like, help you be safer. 
Maybe it'll make me more of a genius, though, because it'll be this some is more your struggle. Yeah, adversity. Yeah, yeah. You tap into that more. Face. Now that your chair is too comfortable. <laughs> if my chair's too comfortable, I have to get scared at the middle of the night when I go pee. That's just kind of the order of the universe and the balance of things. If you want to know, yeah, why I'm so good on this show, <laughs> that's why. I'm trying to think of, because we, we've covered some spooky little things here and there mm-hmm. before. Certainly a witch's invitation. Satan, eat my ass. Right. Paying respects to Carmen. Huge midnight session after that one. <laughs> uh Midnight Mass. Did Midnight Mass freak you out at all? Um, not really. Okay. Because it was so, so it was more of a drama. Yeah. Than it was like an actual. Right. And then what else? Thief in the Night. Hell Thief House night. we did first year of the show. And of course, Devil's Advocate. Wow. And we not we haven't watched any other like horror movies. I don't think so. Or the show. Wow. The Bless the Child. We watched that. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. I knew you wouldn't remember that. Because I was like, oh, yeah, that's one where. Yeah, if you don't remember it. The guy. <laughs> I remember our guest on it, Brenda. Uh, the Apple. That just kind of felt like a horror movie. Yeah, the, that was awesome. The trippy musical from the 70s with their friend Mike. But that that's that's pretty much it. I think we've stayed away from it because. <laughs> because of Dexter. Yeah. Right. Because I didn't kind want to scare link. him. Yeah, he's kind of a weak link of this podcast. He's staring at me right now like, say that to my face. <laughs> a weak link. I'll invade your house. <laughs> what if he starts messing with me? He starts unlocking the door at night. That's a game changer though. It's like, he is so sound squirrel sensitive. That's oh, like, yeah. I got a built-in alarm system. You know? But also, doesn't that freak you out too? Because it's like, oh, what's he scared about? Uh, Even if it's like a squirrel. of the time. Sometimes sometimes that freaks me out, but that's a a rare occasion. Sometimes cats will just stare hardcore Mm -hmm. into like a blank corner of the room. Mm -hmm. Like they're observing something. That would freak me out. It's scary. Yeah. Unless it's Garfield thinking about lasagna. (laughs) She's in a lasagna daydream. Oh, there is, um, you know what Super Smash Brothers is, that video game? Where you punch him? I'm, and I'm beat familiar. Because yeah. you play in the baby bracket. Yeah, I think I won the baby bracket. Did you? Mm, probably not. <laughs> that doesn't you sound like actually. Me. No, you might have. There's a clone of it where it's like Nickelodeon All Stars fight them or something. Okay. And it's all the Nickelodeon characters, so you can play as like SpongeBob or whatever. It's kind of like a clone, even though it's like a different game. But in this video game. You can play as Garfield. They just added him to the roster. Kevin. I'm like, am I going to get this video game? me with a good time. <laughs> Whoa, is that the first time Garfield has been playable in any video game? No. Oh, I had a computer Garfield oh. video game back in the 90s. Oh, okay. Where he's like caught in a computer and you had to get him out. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there, no, there's been plenty of Garfield. That's the second That's what service. you're doing of school. <laughs> I wrote someone a, a note today on my Garfield letterhead stationery. I was happy about that. Aww. But before, we're talking about The Omen, the 1976 film, a sort of canonical, this is one of the scary movies, one of the greats, one of the franchise starters, blah, blah, blah. We're going to get to that. But we're talking about, first, our relationship with spooky, scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Was there one that you ever left the theater? Like You were like, I cannot take this. I have to go. 
This um, is so disturbing to me. Oh, gosh. Or maybe it wasn't horror. Maybe it's like some movie you weren't expecting to have horror in it. Yeah. It would be, honestly, it would be phenomenal if I was even at a movie theater to go see a horror movie. (laughs) But I I don't remember this, but I was talking to my mom the other night and she was like, that was so wrong of me to take you to see The Ring. And I was like, you took me to see The Ring? (laughs) She was like, yeah. (laughs) She's like, we had to leave because I think after the part where they find the girl in the closet or whatever and her like horrifying face. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. And that was a PG-13. Stuck in there. Really? For, till, to this day. Yeah. So I feel like that was probably one. But honestly, yeah, like I don't go to horror movies. So I can't say there's many I walk out of. You've never consensually, voluntarily gone to a horror movie in a, in a movie theater? Uh, Ever? I think I have more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Checking the old letterbox? <laughs> yep. Let's check the AMC. I will say, I, I think I shared this before. What? To tie it back to the show, too. There was a... Uh, a movie about Joan of Arc by Luc Besson, I want to say, called The Messenger, uh, starring Milia Jovovich. And there was one shot in it where she was having a nightmare and Jesus Christ holds her face and it's nice at first, but then he it, it's a nightmare and like blood starts running down his face. And he says something along the lines of like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this God. to me? And the music gets crazy. Ah. I remember that freaked me the F out when I was a little kid. You were little when that's... Well, that? I wasn't like eight. I was like 12 or oh, okay. 13. Yeah, that's really 13, scary. I guess. Um, that's so funny. You said that about your mom inventing... Or your mom saying that... Uh, she regretted taking you to see the Yeah, room. and I had forgotten she had done that. I'm like, yeah, that was a bad idea. Can I tell you about that conversation I had with my mom recently about movies she took me to see? Like what? Well, because I, I was thinking about it because I was going through Pacino stuff. And I have this very vivid memory of the summer of 2002. Uh-huh. My mom picked me up from church. <laughs> we went to go see Insomnia in theaters. This uh-huh. movie about this, uh, you know, murder. It's a cop drama, but it's rated R. Okay. And... I remember us having a nice time. But then that summer, she also took me to see Punch Drunk Love, which has an extended phone sex scene in it. And she was like, I should not have taken you to see that. (laughs) Afterwards, I remember she was like, I don't know if I can forgive myself for letting you. She said that to me at the time. I was like, sorry. (laughs) I was like, I liked it. Um, And then I was talking to her on the phone the other night, like a, a week or two ago. I said, do you remember taking me to see Insomnia? That like, the cop drama, it's daylight all the time. Al Pacino, she's like, yeah, I do remember that. Because it's 21 years ago at this point. I thought she might not. Then she said, I really, there were some movies I should not have taken you to see. Like American Beauty, I should not have taken you to see that. And I said, you you didn't take me to see American Beauty. She's like, I think I did. I was like, no. I, I You absolutely did not. She's like, well, Magnolia, I regret taking you to see. I was like, no, you didn't take me to Magnolia. You went to Magnolia with one of your friends and walked out. She was inventing the, like, you know, and she doesn't have memory issues more than the -the run-of-the-mill person. Like, she's, I'm saying, like, she doesn't have, like, age memory issues. Right. But these these things were, these events were getting conflated in her head that she was like, I regret doing things that never happened. Oh. Is that sad? That is sad. I think it was just the punch drug love was so... 
so powerful for and her. Everything goes under that tent. But she's now. like, I, I took Things him to Kevin see shouldn't everything. Know about. Yes. <laughs> well, did she know? She probably also talked to you about those movies at some she point. She did. Too, she absolutely did. was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's because he was with me and we went together, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. sure there'll be things 20 years from now. I'll be like, no, Caroline, we did this. And you'll be like, nope. <laughs> absolutely not. No, I probably won't argue with you about it. I'm like, oh, sounds right, Mr. Data. <laughs> Mr. Jada? Mr. Jada Pinkett. No, I said Mr. Data. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait, do I look like (laughs) J.R. Can't wait to see it. (laughs) I'm trying to think of other, like, I saw The Ring by myself at four in the morning uh, when I was like 12. What? I had the lights on a little bit. You went to sleep after that? With the lights on? I'm trying to think. The Mothman Prophecies. I saw that. This Richard Gere movie from 2002. Wow. I wonder if anyone remembers that, or maybe 2001. But it's not something I've sought out a lot, unless it's like Horror Plus or Elevated Horror. Like, you know, the Heret- the A24 yeah, stuff. The Heret- that you know. I can I can rock with a little bit more. Mulholland Drive, that's one of the scariest movies I've seen. I was looking at my AMC mm-hmm. of like horror movies I saw recently, and the only one I had was Asteroid City. Because it would be a nightmare to be trapped in a world where no, everything's no symmetrical <laughs> and everyone talks to each other in this flat ass. Everyone's so everyone's in, Yeah. Um, everyone's so fussy. <laughs> the greatest horror of all. No, I don't think so. I didn't really, I think I need to like go to therapy to deal with this because it's like also childhood stuff, you know, like coming up with this middle of the night scary thing. Right. Usually it's not a problem because I don't watch scary movies. But I'm going to be a big girl this month and I'm going to watch... <laughs> Three. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like we we pick this one. There's a few more to go, and we do have options. But it felt like obviously one of the totemic, and I've never seen it, but one of the big sort of this is the religious horror movie is The Exorcist. Yeah, which has the new one coming out starring Ann Dowd and no one else the that Pope's I can remember. Exorcist. Right? There's the Pope's Exorcist oh, with that's Russell Crowe. Yeah. Okay. There's a, Pope's Exorcist came out last year, and then there's this new Exorcist. Pope's Exorcist is its own thing. Oh, that's it's just, not part of the franchise. No. Okay. Which it, it's like, oh, okay. They got me, though. It's just Russell Crowe on a Vespa scooting around exercising demons. Hey, that sounds pretty scary. <laughs> Uh, what if the Pope had an exorcist? You've seen the the two popes. You've seen the exorcist. What if we combine them? Uh, but the exorcist, do you feel like it would be bad? For, I do not want to subject you to anything. Oh, very nice. That you don't want to do. Do you feel like it's at the omen level of like? I don't know because I haven't seen. Oh, it. you haven't seen it either. Yeah. I was talking to Nate about this because I was running by the options that you sent me, mm-hmm. and he said. Nathan was like, The Exorcist, I don't think I could ever watch that again. There are images I can't get out of my mind from that movie. I was like, damn. Because mm. I, I thought it was kind of like a campy, it's been like parodied a lot. Right, you probably movie. know some of it from cultural osmosis yeah. and vomit or the spider walk. Or yeah, and it came stuff. out from the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it I'm predated like, this movie. I feel like I could handle that. 70s stuff? Yeah. Yeah, there's something about like, well, if it was 50 years ago, it can't hurt me. <laughs> yeah, or the, it wasn't like as sophisticated with how much they're going to like mess with my head the that's, way they are now. That's you know? a fair point where yeah. it's like even watching something from the 80s or 90s ha- might have a more yeah. 
Like I, you probably wouldn't be able to watch The Fly. Or maybe you would like The Fly. I don't know. The, the Fly is nasty. Oh, yeah. The I think fly, I've seen The Fly. The Cronenberg movie? Yeah, I think so. With Goldblum? He just, yeah, 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 yeah. He starts looking like a, yeah. Disgusting. Like a fly. So, okay. I can handle that. But Exorcist, we're, we're right on the well, razor's edge. We'll find out. What's it? What's it? What? What do you? What do you think is going to be the extenuating factors? Should we put it to our listeners to vote? <laughs> I really don't know. I think what would help. Yeah. That I'll, I'll do for The Exorcist, or that has helped with like other scary movies that I have seen, is muting it and turning on muting other it, music, not watching it, <laughs> and walking away, muting it and turning off the TV while I watch it. <laughs> it's too, um, like. Read the entire plot. Oh. And like know what are the scariest beats of this movie before they happen. Mm-hmm. And that really deadens the, the scare, scariness for me. Okay. Yeah. This is a... This what is I did the, with Midsommar. Yeah. This is the premise of a whole podcast called Too Scary Didn't Watch, I think, is the name of the oh, podcast. Really? Yeah. The, it's... Uh, apparently, it's pretty funny. Or I've heard from friends where they read a Wikipedia... Summary of the whole movie before instead of or before watching it. Okay. I, I forget the premise, but people can check that out. Sounds like my kind of people. If I got any of those facts right. Which there's no way for me to Google that. Too scary, didn't watch. Um, okay, because yeah, well we can we can let's go, feel it out. Well yeah. And I guess if I have the power to veto at any given point during this month. Yeah. And say, Kevin You get one veto. What no. <laughs> make up these rules you get one no it's like it's it's sort of fishbowl rules where you get one skip you know when it's your turn okay but you have to do the rest of that i'm gonna the- use my veto right now on your rule <laughs> <laughs> too scary didn't watch is the name of the podcast emily gonzalez henley cox and sammy smart new episodes every wednesday but, every Wednesday. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, you're you said you didn't want to force me to watch anything that was gonna mess up my sleep. Yeah, but you get so, one veto, so use it wisely. Because <laughs> if you say no to one, I could give you another. No. <laughs> no, but I will we will like work together to make the selection. Yes. So I'll I'll give my my AOK on it and then go from there. So something that would be even And then as a backup we can watch a Garfield episode if the movie didn't work out. Oh, I think there's a oh Did I, I find a good compromise? There's a Garfield Halloween Garfield's Halloween adventure. I thought there might be. Okay. <laughs> well, let's just do that instead. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. Here we go. Now I'm excited for this month. And you want me to veto. I can't wait for this Halloween to be over. Gracious, yeah. I sent you nominees like, you know, The Omen, which we watched for today, The Exorcist, The Conjuring. Do you think The Conjuring's just like all the way out because it's so uh, recent? I saw I saw this preview and I was like, I think that's a hard no. St. Maud, did that feel all the way out? St. Maud looked cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. End of Days with Arnold. That's a yes. Could be. Frailty with Bill Paxton, a movie I saw when I was very young. That I like too. I really like scary movies that are more like psychological suspense too, mm-hmm. you know, than like there's a monster. Um, <laughs> so you hate that Charlie Theron movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but that's just because I hate ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm down for those other ones. I thought those were good suggestions. I guess the, the Conjuring is out and The Exorcist is like 
pushing it. Okay. Well, okay. Maybe Conjuring's your one veto. We'll we'll discuss later. Why did you pick these ones? Because these are spiritual horror movies. But there have to be so many more than just these ones. Yeah, but these are the ones that are like... The biggies? I mean, pretty much ever. And we can talk about like the hallmarks of the genre. But like these are the ones that are widely... Not end of days with Arnold, but (laughs) pretty much the rest of them. St. Maude? Are widely regarded. St. Maude, I don't know what the consensus is, but I was just so interested in that. Okay. And I heard some good things from friends. Yeah, let's check that one out. Yeah, we'll check it out. But for now... Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. You did have a a stinger. Yeah, just for that. Just for diving in. Okay. (laughs) The... Omen, the 1976 classic question mark movie by Richard Donner about a troubled young man, Damien Thorne, a young child replaced at birth by his father, unbeknownst to his wife, after their biological child dies shortly after birth and then mysterious events happen. Is he the Antichrist or is he not? That is the question. Not really a question. It is so interesting to read about the development of this movie. Did you get to read about it at all? No, lay it on me. So pretty much, uh, you know, original idea, original script, but it was sort of based on what's the book? The Late Great Planet Earth, this Hal Lindsey book that is a, this is a Catholic flavored movie and most horror movies are, I would say for the most part, like, there's not usually, oh, that movie is Baptist or Lutheran vibes. It's usually Catholic in nature. Mm-hmm. There's a priest that shows, or or at least Episcopal, like it's usually a man in a collar, you yes. know, rather than a youth pastor's in trouble. Although there was, in in looking around for stuff <laughs> for that we could possibly do, there is a, a Christian horror movie called The Lock-In. I'm sure you haven't heard of it. I haven't oh. heard of it until yesterday. Okay. And it's uh, a youth group gets, you know, there's a lock-in at the church. But two of the boys bring porn magazines and then a demon <laughs> busts out of one of the porn magazines. Out of the porn rags? Yeah. Oh, my God. terrorizes them in a sort of Blair Witch project. Oh, they are they are portals. Yeah, so <laughs> demon of jacking off. <laughs> That's really funny. So the late great planet Earth, it's this whole uh, sort of nonfiction Christian book put out by Zondervan in the 70s uh, about 
you know, dispensationalist eschatology, which is like so much of what all this supernatural horror stuff is, which is like there was God and there's Jesus, but then what's the counter to that? There's Satan, there's the Antichrist, and what's going to bring about end times, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So stuff that has to do with left behind and, you know, anything like that, just like in millennium approaches sort of into the world stuff. Although it was interesting, even thumbing through it today, like a lot of the book was written from a, hey, if we don't do stuff about the environment in the next 10 years, it's going to be a huge problem for us. And mixed in with that, there's also, hey, maybe the Antichrist was born and he's a little kid walking around. We don't know yet. (laughs) But it's a lot of of stuff that, that there's some biblical antecedent in 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 merit to, to some of the verses but it is so much of like what in times eschatology is which is bible fanfic and people being you know doing the theological equivalent of reddit and being like what if this happened yeah i think the antichrist might be like this that's right. all that that this stuff is or taking kind of like the poetic stories of the bible and taking them literally yeah like revelation is a deadline, straight line prophecy mm-hmm. into what is going to happen rather than like taking out face value for like the literary genre that it is, which is, yes, poetry or some guy tripping dicks on an island or whatever he was right. doing. ate the wrong leaf. John the Baptist. So this evangelical Christian guy, Robert Munger, he, re- he reads the book. He goes to a film producer named Harvey Bernard about he's like, what if? And there's this little kid. And then based on that, they start a run with it. This guy named David Seltzer, who's not uh, religious. He was, you know, uh, culturally Jewish and and was raised Jewish, uh, but has no buy-in or, or stake into it at all. Nor does Richard Donner, who uh, people might most remember for directing Superman, the original Superman and the Lethal Weapon movies as well. Which is like, those are some pretty iconic yeah. Hey, what'd you direct? The Omen, the Lethal Weapon movies, and Superman 1. That's a pretty good run That's a, yeah. for Mr. Donner. But they don't care. Like, this is just, at this point, The Exorcist has come out a few years prior. And so it's like, okay, this, and, and it was a huge, Exorcist is a huge critical commercial success. Hundreds of millions of dollars made. So everyone's like, oh, okay, is this a thing? Is supernatural yeah. horror a thing? Obviously, horror existed before then in other ways, but in this mainstream version where it's literally what if Atticus Finch's kid was the spawn of Satan? Yeah. Gregory Peck. It seems essential that it's like part of a family, Mm -hmm. a nuclear family and not just like some story. Another guy has to go investigate or like something weird that happened at the farm. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell other horror movies. I can tell you are an expert in the field. There's three kinds of scary movies. There's family, friends. Um, one guy looking for what happened out there, and then what's going on at the farm. farm? Sort of the shun the sheep genre. Signs genre. You sheep. know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Signs is farm. Listeners, if you got more uh, examples of farm, farm horror. Farm is a huge spot. Well, the witch. The witch is farm the witch. horror. Anything with the corn maze. Uh huh. They're constantly out in those corn corn fields. (laughs) (laughs) That's farm to table horror. (laughs) Yeah, but this is set in a domestic setting. It's kind of like a drama, Mm -hmm. or it starts as a drama until it slides into supernatural horror. 
Oh, and here here's what I like about it too is that it it feels like the best examples of the genre are whether it's like horror, sci-fi, or anything that is spectacular events that don't happen in our real material world. It's metaphorical, allegorical for a larger thing. What it felt like to me watching the movie was this is about people being scared to have kids. Like this, this gets at a fear of like, what if my kid sucks? Yeah, what is if what my it kid felt is like psycho. to me. What what if I raise him poorly? What if there's something wrong with him that I'm not equipped Innately. to handle? Yeah. What if you know? Or, you know, I, I don't know if it tapped into a fear of like, what if I do an old swappy, swappy switcheroo at the ye old hospital? Yeah, nothing bad's <laughs> going to happen. This is fine, right? By changeling it. Gregory Peck. I don't know if I've seen that many Gregory Peck movies outside of... Roman Holiday. Of, uh, I've never seen Roman Holiday. Kevin T. Porter. I've seen... Wow. Uh, not One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest. To Tom Kill Cruise a Mockingbird. Looking down on you with shame right now. <laughs> and uh, Greta Gerwig, Barbara. Barbara can't believe that. <laughs> I'm looking at Kevin's movie posters around. Um, yeah, I've only seen To Kill a Mockingbird in Cape Fear, but I mostly know him from The Guns of Navarone. <laughs> <laughs> he was in The Guns of Navarone. I know him from Stephen Colbert's impression of him. They kind of look like each other. Yeah, sometimes. they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like he would age into a Gregory God, Peck looking so guy. So good. In this movie? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, sir. I'm trying to think of what the equivalent movie star would be now in terms of like playing with that and putting them in it. Because this feels like a prestige play to have him in. And and they were talking about in the development. They're like, we would like a Gregory Peck type. Obviously, we're not gonna get him. Yeah. That feels a little beyond the grass for you know, something like a lurid genre movie like this. Well, I was thinking, I wonder if they only got Gregory because he was at like a low point in his career because a lot of those golden age movie stars ended up doing, like Joan Crawford was in like a terrible sci-fi movie and like the mm-hmm. last movie of her career or life really and stuff. Yeah, I wonder. And uh, Nate looked into it and he was like, yeah, he'd had like a bunch of flops. Right up until this. Not me and my flop era. <laughs> he was in his he flop said. era. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that happened to a lot of those movie stars, mm-hmm. you know, who were like huge leading men in the 50s and 60s. And then people get tired of you, you know? Yeah. But you still and, need to work. And like we were, we, we were talking about that, right? About like how Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story became a halfway home for character yeah. actress women in their 50s. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, Kathy Bates, you having trouble out there? Come on in. <laughs> this is probably like a huge thing of like the, the path to eventually just being in horror movies, which like people like and are excited to see you in. I think action movies are this for a lot of our old leading men as well. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Because they- Not Oscar movies anymore, but like- there's something. I know. They some cling on to it. people probably look back, look down on it, you I, know? I think some of them find safe haven. Like, the only sequels Denzel's made is The Equalizer. <laughs> yeah. One, like two, and three. Like, The Expendables 19 or whatever yeah. they're doing now. Yeah. I think they do. So, yeah. horror will welcome you also. I think Tom Cruise arms. is scared to make anything that's not an action movie now. And he made almost a borderline horror movie with The Mummy, and it did very poorly. That's right. The Dark Universe was not launched, unfortunately. We've talked about that, Dark right? Universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. supposed to be like, this is the first one <laughs> of like, like Invisible five. Invisible Man. Yeah, and Javier yeah. Bardem's going to be Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, so getting Gregory Peck, I was like, this was probably not supposed to be this successful, I'm guessing. And so getting him, they maybe got him on like a good price. I um, wonder. But thank God they did because he's 
exceptional. I mean, he's Gregory Peck. And he was talking about like, oh, I saw it as a psychological drama more than anything, you know. Yeah. Because that's the, you know, it's not Actor-y like, yeah, thing. I wanted to do a trashy movie. Yeah. my career's bad to see right now. <laughs> head sliced off. Wasn't there something too about like, it was, he brought in something of his personal life too because his son had passed away. Oh. And I think it was kind of a, a way for him to kind of work through that too. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine, yeah, that's plausible. Gary Peck, by the way, I don't know if there's other stories that are terrible, but according to his Wikipedia page, which I did read, <laughs> um, his politics were great, like even back then. Really? He was a Catholic, but he was all for women being ordained. Um, A whole slate of women's rights were really important to him. Um, He was awesome. He was like a good dude. Okay. Yeah. Gregory Which is Peck. like shocking for that era, I have to say. Well, oh, yeah. He went up against like the House of Un-American Activities Committee. Really? Yeah. Some people. Some people He have... was on Nixon's like enemies list. <laughs> that is a badge of honor. <laughs> Gregory Peck. Oh, yeah. And he like marched with Martin Luther King Jr. He was a cool guy. The exception to the rule of like if you were born before 1950. <laughs> well, it also just goes to show like, okay, so you all could have made this choice. Yes. To be a good person. Oh, for all of them. I know. Yeah. Exactly. Like it wasn't just your context. Yes. Although that was a lot of it that there was always free will. Like the one God gives us so we can go to heaven or hell. And that's what this movie is really about. How did this make you feel? Because to me, the, the other way that the metaphor works too is like it's about being afraid of having kids one day or feeling unprepared for parenthood generally. It also felt like it was about, it was tapping into the thing I experience more often, which is, man, kids are so annoying. <laughs> I wonder if there's more going on They're behind them lot. being annoying. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because yeah. they use the kid, they use Damien, almost like the shark in Jaws. The movie's all about him. He's on screen for like 20 minutes of it, probably, or less. He doesn't have that many lines. He's got to look at the end. He Jim Halpert's out to the camera next to the president at right. the end. Right. Uh, but for you, like, what did it tap into watching it? Like, what did it feel analogous to or adjacent to? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's a little bit of that fear. I mean, things would have to go so sideways to end up with the Antichrist as my child. I wonder if people were also thinking about this, you know, post the horrors of World War II and also the 70s were kind of the rise of like the serial killer story and people wondering, you know, how does someone end up like this? Like how do they end up so psychotic, so evil, so detached? Is it just nature or nurture, you know? And so I could see that also being part of the anxieties of the time to have a movie like this. Um, Was the Antichrist also like a thing before this kind of movie and left behind. No. Like no. this concept of the Antichrist didn't ex- really exist in the modern consciousness, right? No. Premillennial dispensationalism is the thing that get like that theological strain is what gives rise to all of this. This is why people yeah. like I don't like that little kid's like the Antichrist or something. Like that, I don't in our older listeners or our more knowledgeable listeners can correct me. But that did not exist in the public consciousness yeah. in the same way. Even though the word antichrist you can find in scripture, 
But right. it meant anti-Christ, like against it wasn't, Christ. Yeah, it wasn't like there will be like, a blonde man coming out of shitty. the UN. Or yeah, <laughs> or yeah, there's gonna be some progressive guy that wants to stop <laughs> nuclear war. Yeah, the concept is so crazy, and it does feel very new and very American mm-hmm. to have that kind of anxiety about this this like being that will come as a child, the way Jesus did. You know. Yeah, which is why. Uh, unintentionally, I feel like this out of all the movies that we're going to talk about this month might be the most in our strike zone of what we've talked about on the show before because it was totally 100% informed by American Protestant politics and evangelical culture. Right. Whereas the other stuff will probably more likely be inflected by scriptural Catholic tradition and hierarchies and, you know, doxology and orthodoxy like that. But this is more like a guy doing some jazz in a book in the 70s yeah. being like, maybe the Antichrist is a kid. And- right. And now it's like literally what people think it'll be like mm-hmm. because of this movie. What's the quote? With was- the baboon attack. <laughs> <laughs> it is so, yeah. With the long giraffe scene. Yeah, let, let's let's catalog <laughs> all of the uh, sort of uh, attributes of what the Antichrist will bring. He loves playing pool. He yep. loves scaring the shit out of animals at the zoo. Tricycle circles. He will engender a, a fierce loyalty in his caretakers. Here's where he and I death. overlap. Hates church. I knew. <laughs> Going to church. As soon as that scene happened in the like, movie, me. I was like, my guy. <laughs> Literally me. That's your Letterboxd review. Like, Damien screaming to not go to church. Okay, me? <laughs> Relate. That is absolutely it. Um, nonverbal. Yeah, nonverbal. Doesn't love talking. I thought it was really interesting how uh, normal animals were used to be really scary. Just little dogs? Little dogs. Well, not little dogs. Big dogs. Yeah. What are those? Rottweilers? I don't know. I only know my guy. Which is? Uh, I want to say... <laughs> dog? <laughs> Brown dog <laughs> with a little white. Brownish small dog? <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? Brown. <laughs> Idiot. Next question. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? The, uh, the kind that licks its dick? Little brown dick licker. <laughs> it's on the Wikipedia. The Wikipedia. <laughs> Dexter wrote Wikipedia. That is so funny. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So we have like like the animal connection is huge with the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. They have a dog that will like show up, <laughs> protect them. They freak out giraffes. They freak out baboons. Giraffes run away. Baboons run towards you to get your ass. Yeah. Um, well, they love ass. They love showing theirs all the time. That's kind of one of their big things, yeah. Um, goldfish were around, but they seemed to just be sort of bystanders. They were chilling, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there other were there birds? I don't remember any don't birds. Know. Okay. I just thought it was interesting that like animals were part of the monsters of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you haven't seen a normal animal be scary like this in a long time, <laughs> you know? Because it's kind of funny. Well, too, in the 70s when it's not just like, we'll make the dog frown with CGI. <laughs> And they they do just have to like get 
They have to make the animals behave in literal like the baboon attack was very real. <laughs> like I was like, yeah. they got those monkeys all freaking out for real. Yeah, I was in like, this, movie. this is unsafe for the monkeys. Mm-hmm. She was plowing through them with that car. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god. So uh, the plot is the the kid's born. The Gregory Peck's like. Uh, okay, let's switch him out. Their There's own- a priest at the hospital that convinces him, just take this baby. Your he's, baby died. He's fine. He was also literally born today. Yeah. Your wife will never know. She's stupid. She's stupid. Don't ever tell her. <laughs> the baby's Hispanic or something. They're <laughs> like, what, uh. what could go wrong? And also, wouldn't it be worse if she knew her baby died? Then just take this stranger's baby. So Gregory Peck's life sounds good. And they Gregory take Peck's him also home. 97 years old. He is so old looking in this movie. I didn't think about it until he held the infant. And I was like, wait a second. This man, ancient. He's Robert De Niro hero. He (laughs) is 61 when this movie comes out. Yeah. Because he was born in 1916. Must be good to be a man. Yeah. Anyway. Tom Cruise is age now. Or he's 60, I guess. But um, yes. And to answer your question. Yes, it is good to be a man. (laughs) Yeah, I told you this would happen if I sat noticed. in this chair. <laughs> and yeah. thank you for noticing. Your armchair effect. I don't like it. So then things start going a little wacky. There's the children's birthday party. And maybe the scariest scene of the movie. It is the scariest. A nanny hangs herself in front of a bunch of kids. They're at the kids' party. You hear the nanny off out of frame. Damien, Damien, over here, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Come here. Look, look. I love you. I love you. And she's standing on the fucking roof of the house and says, I, I'm doing this for you. Locks eyes with the child. Jumps. That was oh very unsettling. my God. I, w- I was very unnerved by it. I, I was shocked. It was horrifying. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, that's like early on in the movie. I was like, they're not messing around. It's hard to be scary in broad daylight mm-hmm. as Midsommar taught us all. So, yeah. so then the parents are thinking, mm, well, that was bad, but just a crazy single woman. New lady comes, shows up. Mrs. Baylock. That's her name. Scary bangs. Very scary. Scary eyes. She's like, I'm here to protect the child. The agency sent me. Right. And Gregory Peck was like, UTA, CAA, W me. Ford. Ford. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, check my references. It's fine. Who knows if they checked them? Obviously they didn't. Uh, and then she's protecting the child throughout well, the whole movie. The other part of it that they kind of allude to later is that this mother is kind of like detached from the actual raising of her child. Like the way she'll like toss him to somebody or uh, at the kid's party, snatching him from the nanny when the photographer is around because mm-hmm. she want to looks like she's a close mom. Um, yeah, not checking the nanny's references at all and just kind of be like, yeah, you can watch him. I don't care. <laughs> and kind of, it seems like they had, or she had this kid more for appearances. Well, that's the other crucial He's part of it too. not paying attention to him. It's an American couple living in, is Britain. it London? Is, it's Britain. London. Because the political part of this is salient because right. of of the pre-dis, pre, pre-millennial dispensationalist Theology that the Antichrist will rise to power through politics, which they talk about in the movie. Right. They, they make 
explicit text. They also do a little jazz on the Bible. There's a poem that's not in it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, when the Jews return to Zion. <laughs> and all will be saying that every like, time. And mm. I was like, ooh, don't love the way you guys keep saying Comet rips the earth, rips the sky, and the holy Roman Empire rises, which I never think about, by the way. Then you and I must die from the eternal sea. He rises, creating armies on either shore, turning man against brother till man exists no more. That's not in the Bible. But I do wonder okay. if that's one of those things culturally that people sound it's like, yeah, Antichrist stuff, like in the omen. And it's just one of those things that like, like I'm stupid with history. And when I see something depicted. And like, why would they not research it? Yeah. Like that just becomes people's reality right. of the thing rather than the actual thing. Like um, the verse that, uh, what's his name says in Pulp Fiction. Ezekiel 25, 17. Right. The path of the righteous is beset on all sides. Yeah, doing jazz like, on the Bible. Not quite right. But oh or is that passage from the Catholic Bible? The Apocrypha? No, the screenwriter said I made that up. Okay. <laughs> he did say in an interview. He was like, Yeah, that was yeah. me riffing. The Jews storming Zion. That's he, all me. He said, uh, much like Hassan Minaj, I thought I got the emotional truth <laughs> of the Bible. That's what matters. It's not important what was or wasn't actually in and it there. was just a joke. And also, I'm a storyteller, and of course, things are exaggerated. So, I'm wondering as as we watch these movies this month, if we're going to see like little hallmarks and and touchstones of what makes like a a, a like a religious horror, or like a supernatural horror movie. One of which is like someone who doesn't believe has to believe by the end of it. Yeah, a priest shows up to Gregory Peck's office. He's like, "Dude, you got to convert to Christianity." So you'll be saved. And he's tweaking out, right? Like, Yeah. He's, when he doesn't just say you need to become a Christian, he's like, drink Christ's blood, eat his flesh mm -hmm. every day. Like take communion. But he says it that way, which I'm like, they don't say that that way anymore. They're kind of veiling the fact that we're doing the cannibal thing during communion. Mm -hmm. They're going to bring it back. Be honest about it. I mean, I think a lot of that language is used in some denominations. But for the non-denoms, yeah, we're not doing that. Right. Like eating the army hammer style. I wonder how he's doing right now. Um, Well, speaking of tweaking, the priest is tweaking. Yeah, he's tweaking out. And Gregory Peck's like, uh, leave my office. But there's something that's getting at him. All the while, too, there's this photographer journalist uh, played by, what's the actor's name? Most people would know him. His name is David Warner. You might recognize him mostly as the guy with the gun in Titanic mm -hmm. who's chasing after Leo. Yeah, the butler. Yeah, Lovejoy. butler's security. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, he's got one of those faces that stayed the same. And he's photographing stuff and seeing weird things in it and kind of prophesize each person's death, a weird thing that's in a frame of each picture, which made me want to go back to some of my iPhotos <laughs> and see like... Hmm. <laughs> Can I see how I'm gonna die with all my selfies? <laughs> you look at your your photos. It's just a shadow of a little propeller hat on your head. <laughs> Man, I guess I'm gonna <laughs> die by propeller, or or God thinks I'm a loser, like a dunce hat. Anyway, it kind of becomes like an investigation where they're the partners. Mom's out of commission. She gets Mom knocked down the stairs. Mom is on a full body cast. Oh, yeah. yeah. She, like, gets thrown off the second floor of the house mm -hmm. on his tricycle because she was up on a box, like, getting some out of the plants. Yeah. because All straight up on her chest. I'm like, this woman's dead. I will say the way that they shot it was very... Low. <laughs> 
I thought it was effective. You didn't like it? No, no, no. I mean, I was like, okay. It was like, let's go. Yeah. I feel like it would have been more horrifying to just show it in normal speed. Mm. A woman hitting the floor. They should have killed a woman for this movie. Kill her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, she's out of commission, full body cast. And then it sort of becomes a fetch quest of like the priest who then gets impaled with a uh, rod. Right. That falls from a church. He's like, go to Megiddo and talk to this guy. Then they talk to the guy and he's like, he scribbles out, go to this graveyard. They go to the graveyard and the mother is a dog. Um, the mother is a dragon. There's a skeleton in the yeah. tomb okay. of the mom, of some sort of creature. This I was confused by that. Mm-hmm. But now this makes sense. So the mother, the the previous priest said something about like, I was there, the mother. Was oh, holy. a jackal, jackal carcass. Said, it's a jackal. Yeah. So because he was about to say, J- it's a, J-, and then yeah, so I guess it's a jackal. Got it. Jezebel. It's a Jezebel. <laughs> some sort of harlot. So we're we're led to believe that this satanic group sacrificed Gregory Peck's real kid because there's a hole in his skull, which is him. very upsetting looking. Very upsetting because we see the little baby skeleton mm-hmm. birthed the. Antichrist through a jackal in some sort of unholy ceremony or something. They leave it pretty vague, which I'm kind of glad they did because, like, the mechanics of that sounds really stupid, honestly. How did that go? <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the jackal's getting drunk at the bar. It. <laughs> <laughs> like More. <laughs> um, Why are you going into this grade of detail? Yes. Uh, and, uh, that's how, but yeah, so then they go into the graveyard, they find that, and then they're like going back to the hospital to find something else. And that's when the journalist photographer's head gets sloicy. He gets Marie antoinette By a piece of glass. Mm -hmm. Um. Then mom dies because mom gets tossed out the window by caretaker woman, Mrs. Baylock. She has to fall again. Yeah. I mean, they did in the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray. There's a line she has where she says, "Here we go again." <laughs> yeah, there are actually two or three more falls they were going to do with her. That was supposed to be fall number five. <laughs> <laughs> she survived most of them. She's like, "You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> are you serious?" Uh, so then uh, Gregory Peck's like, "I gotta kill my son." Yeah, now he has a clear directive because mostly he was just trying to find out, like, where is this kid from? Because he is starting to put it together and become a believer that, like, something is really wrong with this child. Mm-hmm. And mostly because everyone around me is dying. And it's it feels like it doesn't really go home until his wife dies, which makes sense. Yes. Because up until that point, it's like, this is still his son, you know, that he's taking care of. And it's a little kid. And he's pretty cute most of the time. You thought so? Yeah. I thought he had the look of some of those kids did in the 70s where it's like, you're already 45. <laughs> well, that's because he's wearing a little leisure suit <laughs> at the zoo. Yeah, I guess when he's in his velvet robe, I'm not like, what a child he is. Can we talk about the costuming on sure. it for a second? Because I thought the style was so good. Yeah. It was cool. It was like distractingly good, I thought. And that was a very pretty movie to watch. Very pretty. They have it on 4K. We had to rent it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we, but it's on 4K wherever you buy it. And um, and it was it was beautiful to look at. And I thought the score was really excellent too. Yeah. I'd say the score aged very well. The Jerry Goldsmith <laughs> score. <laughs> uh, chanting <laughs> Latin and shit. Well, it has to do a lot of heavy lifting because 
a lot of the scariness about the kid is him just staring at something for a mm-hmm. long time. And I think if you'd had that without music, uh, it would have been silly <laughs> um, and hard to be scared about. Mm-hmm. So when you hear the like chanting and like choir, then you're like, oh no. Yeah, because the kid doesn't really do any acts of violence himself other than he claws at his mom when the, she yeah. shows. And, and which you defend when he's like, they're well, trying yeah, to get him to go to church. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, not was, even, that was like your average grocery store tantrum. But what's funny, it's not even for church. It's for a wedding. Oh, yeah, they were going right. to a wedding. Just the building. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then he knocks her off with the trike. But then otherwise, it's not like he's out here sawing the heads off of pigeons or anything. Right. The only thing I guess is kind of his fault is the nanny killing herself at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I it's I was confused why he didn't do more of that, of kind of like messing with people's minds the way he could. And I was confused why the team, the team devil, let Gregory Peck live for so long. And I guess because they thought He's so dumb and he's so non-spiritual that he won't notice what's going on with this kid and he'll just keep him alive for us for a long time. Yeah, like what the the end game was by letting him go five years or however long. Yeah, like you would think they would try to keep his wife alive so he wouldn't go full crazy Mm -hmm. because they wanted the kid to be like in this cocoon, you know, incubating in this house. As yeah. long as they could. But then they were like, man, let's just kill the wife. <laughs> Get her out of the picture. <laughs> so then uh, Peck leaves with the kid, goes to the church, and then is about to stack because there's all these rules and stuff. There's and always got to be a rule. There's a bunch of rules. He shaves his the kid's marks. head to see if, if you see the mark. He sees the mark. He's like, I guess it's for real. Goes to the church. Tries to kill him. And then uh, once you know it, oinky oinky, the cops show up. And uh, they do shoot ruin him. everything. I was like, I didn't, I did not expect this movie to end with the cops shooting Atticus Finch, <laughs> gunned down in his prime. And then the next shot, next scene is uh, the funeral for both of them. And then Secret Service, whoever's like, "Are you ready to go, Mister President?" And the president's holding the hand of Damien. Ah. He turns to the camera. He's like. I'll see you next time. <laughs> that that in shot was good. I liked that. I thought it was silly and funny. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. The one thing that the I think one of the priests or one of the guys that explained things to Gregory Peck says, uh, oh no, it was like a monk at the monastery. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, for every holy thing, there is an unholy thing. And that is the essence of temptation. What do you think about that? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I thought that was like fair. Like, oh yeah, I guess. I thought that was interesting, and I guess that's like if you're gonna try to look for maybe a theme with the movie too. And I don't know how hard they were trying to like send that message home, but the idea that for every choice you have in your life, there is like the opposite and the worst choice, and the temptation is between those two, you know, and that there's like. A perfect one for one. You know, for Jesus, there is this Antichrist son. Mm -hmm. For saving your wife, there is, like, killing your son. Yeah. You know, for, like, uh, protecting all the orphans that were at your hospital, there's that or there's, like, getting 
firebombed in order to like Jeez. bring the Antichrist into the world. That's it. That's a really salient point. And, and you do wonder if that's inherent to the morality of the movie too. And that so many movies, I, f- I feel like, I wonder if this is, because I don't, I don't know horror that well. It's not something that I could tell you, oh yeah, this, this guy was this in the space and then this woman did this. But, but what does seem to be true of a lot of horror movies is the idea of consequences, punishment, me sowing, me reaping, essentially. <laughs> or it's like, oh, if the kids have sex in the movie, then yeah. they're going to get offed or, you know. And they deserve it. Yeah. And who deserves what? You know, people talk about movies a lot that way, about horror movies. It's like, is it, does the punishment fit whatever the sin is of the, of the protagonist? And with this one, it's a it's a man lying and, and choosing a deception with his wife about the most, one of the most important relationships. I'm getting a little distracted because little D has his eyes rolled back in his head that he does look a little possessed right now. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh no. Find out what breed this is. Little brown liquor. We found out. <laughs> Wait, there's a birthmark right next to his dick. Oh no. Six nine. It says six nine four twenty blaze. <laughs> Jackals for life. <laughs> um, but 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 that sort of deception, that original lie and sin about like that that family not actually being the birth blood biological family, if that was like if everything that was after that, because <laughs> now the Served world's it. gonna get punished because this little kid's gonna right. be you know a little Baron Trump growing up in the White House. <laughs> But also, like, he thought he was really doing the best thing possible mm-hmm. for his wife. And I feel like if you were in that situ- in that exact situation. And there was a bunch of priests being like, no, it's cool. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, don't be a pussy. <laughs> Switch the baby. Okay, no balls over here. <laughs> but you're like, you are just devastatingly grieving. Like, this is the worst loss you could ever have in your life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. you've made it all the way, and then they died there, you know? Trigger yeah. warning for this, by the way. It's terrible. Yeah. And then someone offers you an option that looks like a perfectly healthy baby, and you're the dad, and you're like, I can be a martyr. Like, I can grieve my actual dead child by myself for the rest of my life, save my wife this pain, and have a family all in one day. Yeah. When you do it. I would not after seeing this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, even though that's the right choice. It's definitely not. It's definitely not. uh, Don't go in that room. Don't go in the basement. It's not one of those decisions. Yeah. Where it's like, this is so stupid. Like, the emotional reality of it makes so much sense. And and honestly, especially the cosign of all the people. Yeah. A priest. Yes. Telling you, like, come on. It's cool. Do the right thing. So uh, it, it's understandable. Mm-hmm. But that's the, like, equal and opposite of, like, the good thing he could have done and the totally mm-hmm. evil thing he kind of did that also seemed like the best thing he could have done. That's why I'm, like, I'm so opposed to just, like, Antichrist theology in general. Just be, I'm anti-Antichrist. He's anti-Antichrist. Well, it's like, um, I've been thinking about this a lot with hero stories and things like that and the very anti-community and very like mm, patriarchal male ideal it is that one person can ruin the entire world Mm -hmm. or one person can save the entire world 
or even just a big scale like that, it's actually impossible Mm -hmm. in real life. Mm -hmm. There has been no hero in our history books that didn't do it without so many people helping them or a wife at home actually taking care of their family while they went and did whatever they did, you know? And same thing with evil people. Like, it took a ton of people to enable and execute that thing. And that's why I have an issue with an Antichrist, too. I'm like, you need a fuck ton of enabling people and, like, a lot of teamwork. It takes an Antichrist village. (laughs) It does. does. But what's your reason for being anti-Antichrist? It feels like such a simplistic, almost like Joseph Campbellian vision of balance and hero's journey where it's like, well, for every equal, and I think it it feels like life is a little more chaotic and nuanced than like, well, if there's this kind of thing over here on this spectrum, there's going to be this thing over here on the spectrum. So, so even if you took the story of Christ at face value as like history, it doesn't feel rational to believe and then there's gonna be an antichrist <laughs> like yeah it feels like child logic it is yeah it's like why does this actually necessitate there being the opposite version of this because mm-hmm. like because balance it's like what no yeah and then even in christian i theology like you just start getting people who would even believe in it it's like well the antichrist isn't that powerful because god's more powerful so it's like so it's not the opposite yeah you now know? we're doing avengers of like <laughs> okay so it goes uh captain marvel she's more powerful but then sometimes the hulk can be more powerful even than her you know and it's like what are we doing you know yeah. check out harrison ford is the red hulk <laughs> in the new yeah. marvel i also feel like even the devil it's like well then the devil is basically nothing Mm-hmm. Compared to what the Antichrist can do. Right. You know? Did um, you know? So what's the point of all that? By the way, I didn't know this until today because I was looking into stuff for this month. De Niro has also played Satan. It's not just Pacino and the Devil's Advocate. De Niro played Satan in a movie called Angel Heart, oh. in which a guy named like literally John Angel is investigating a case. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Robert De Niro and Mickey Rourke is Yikes. like John Angel. I know it feels feels dark, but like it is Scrooge. streaming. Everybody gets a turn to play him, play <laughs> the, the devil. The devil. Yeah. I know. What's your favorite depiction of the devil that you've seen? Mm. I mean, well, I haven't seen Monkey Bone yet. Is the devil in Monkey Bone? Wait, no. What's that other Brendan Fraser movie where there's the devil? It's like bedazzled or something. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth I Hurley. Seen bedazzled. Yet, yes. But that might be it. Wow. I don't know. All right, movie. I haven't bedazzled. Oh, Elizabeth Hurley is be fun. Do you have a favorite devil? I mean, I love um I I love Pacino and Devil's Advocate, unfortunately. I like Tim Curry and Legend. Did you ever see that movie? No. Nah. The fantasy movie. Okay. With uh, Tom Cruise and uh, the wife. <laughs> it sounds like you're making this up. Actually, I do have a favorite devil Who's that? portrayal in the movie musical, Damn Yankees, original one. Have you seen that? No. Um, there's a guy that plays the devil, and it's really fun. 
Okay, Elizabeth, <laughs> I'm looking up. <laughs> Peter Stormare and Constantine, that Keanu Reeves movie, Elizabeth Hurley and Bedazzled, Pacino and Devil's Advocate, Tim Curry in Legend, uh, which is a real, not made-up movie, Peter Fonda and Ghost Rider, oh boy. <laughs> you should be the devil for Halloween this year. I've already got the shoes. Okay. Jack Nicholson and Witches of Eastwick. Why did I not think of that immediately? <laughs> I think it was Jack Nicholson getting this party started. <laughs> Maybe you got scared by a pop-up ad. All right. I know. Anything else we need to talk about before we rate this episode and let me consult my notes send it somewhere maybe good maybe bad nope. maybe a little we'll reverse this year this month let's do it then the way it works is we're gonna give it a holy toast or holy roast holy toast is we send it to heaven oh that sounds like it might be bad for it to go to heaven Holy Rust, we send it. To hell. Oh, that sounds pretty good. It's actually kind of fun. Maybe this month, going to hell is the good one. <laughs> it's already confusing enough. No, I don't think so. Holy ghost. It's, ghost, roast. Uh, <laughs> Holy boast. We brag about how we got through the movie without closing our eyes or calling her husband and Holy Jost. We talk about our favorite weekend update. Colin Jost. <laughs> Holy Jost. I promise you, we will never have a Holy Jost segment on the show. Oh, God. Or Purgatory, which is... Oh, God. I told you I'm too yeah, relaxed on this you're chair. You're off your game in that chair. See? Sec- mere seconds are flying by. Sorry, Emma. It's fine. Damn. All right, we'll start with you. Um, I'm going to give it a Holy Toast. Sad to see Gregory Peck go to heaven in this movie. Wait, Holy Toast is in it's bad? Holy Toast is in it's good. Okay, let me flip that and reverse it. Okay. Holy Roast. Yeah. Matt, it's going to the good place this month, yeah, which is like, hell. Hey, hey. <laughs> we got room for one more down here. Garmin, you stay in that hot Garmin. tub solo. Oh, come on. Absolutely Dip not. Dip your little toes in. Okay, you do make it sound fun. The water's fine. Do you have any beverages? Oh, yeah. Like, like what? Aperol <laughs> <laughs> <all> spritz. <laughs> <laughs> I can make an espresso martini. Yeah, just like regular stuff. <laughs> Obviously, you we have a have, full bar. We have fireball. <laughs> <laughs> Sucky bobs. Satan, make my drink. Satan pisses into a glass. That's a, but it's like a perfect martini. <laughs> and that's Satan. Yeah. Come on, man. Uh, this was enjoyable. I thought it was fun to watch, um, even though it did cause my mid midnight meeting to be a little scarier than usual. Your midnight ass. <laughs> Um, but you yeah. know, if you wake up in the middle of the night and have sex with your sweetie, I guess that's called midnight ass. <laughs> nice. All right, Jerry. If you have sex, no, he doesn't talk about sex that much. No. <laughs> Which I'm not, I'm not jonesing for him, too. <laughs> <laughs> we got to reboot Seinfeld, this time with sex. <laughs> <laughs> and black people? Nah. Yeah, we'll get next time. 
next I, reboot. I will also give it a holy roast. Not a, because it's good. Yeah, because I liked it and it's good. I love the Jerry Goldsmith theme. <clears throat> here's here's fun context too. When it came out, people were very mixed on it. Oh, very mixed. Critically, it wasn't like Exorcist. It was a lot of people. Roger Ebert were like, kind of silly, not really my thing. And then with the years passing, that's when it's you know received more acclaimed status with retrospect. There's been many movies. There's been a remake. I remember my sister in high school watching the remake from 2000, whatever it was, and walking in the room. And there are images from that movie that I still remember Ooh, that were like- That were kind, scary? Yeah, that were scary. That kind of freaked me out. But it launched a franchise, including a TV show I'm about to describe that sounds like it's made up that was on A&E, and it was called Damien. And it was a direct sequel 30 years later with Damien, who he forgot his demonic past and he had to face it with his caretaker, played by Barbara Hershey. So it was oh. just like Bates Motel or one of those cool. on cable, okay. where it's like, all right, Damien, keep I'm being Satan. Be yeah. Antichrist. And he's like, what? I work at Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, wait, this show kind of. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> Barbara Hershey, Glenn Mazzari. Yeah, this sounds not good. Uh, yeah, but Holy Roast, I, I like this movie too. I was not, and maybe we should say how scared we were or not by it. I was not that freaked out by it except for the first little death. Yeah. The nanny death. I agree. I think the nanny death was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the dog stalking him in the house toward the end. Scared you? Scared me a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think I was like, let's make a rating system for how scary, how how scared we were. How many booze? How <laughs> yeah, like how what? many gallons of piss were in your pants? <laughs> My God. Okay. <laughs> okay. One five oh, gallons is really scary. Five, it goes <laughs> zero to five, or is it one to five? And you have at least one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's face it. There's always going to be one. Yeah, because always a little bit leaks out, and we can be adults and acknowledge that. <laughs> we know, like it's just like lips. That's why they put diapers in the Halloween section at CVS. <laughs> you got to be prepared. Okay, I think based on that. And it's it's not zero to five. It's one you to five. You can't do zero. Okay. <laughs> I would say two. I had two and a half gallons of piss. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. Based on this system. I love this system. <laughs> I'd say I only had like one and a half. Okay. Ain and I were watching it together, and I only noticed a couple times that I was like digging my hand into his arm. Which was it? What what part? Um, I think it was graveyard. Yeah, graveyard, and then um, maybe when the oh, because I know you know the journalist is going to get sliced at some point, mm-hmm. and so I felt like any time he was like doing something on his own in the frame, I was like, here we go. Okay. I feel like that also maybe launched Final Destination. Movies. Is that what it is? Final Destiny? <laughs> An avid fan of the genre once again. <laughs> Final Fantasy? Final, yeah. The the one where they die? Yeah, where like they're yes, all destined yes, 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 to yes. die and you yeah. just have to like wait for it to happen. Yeah, the Final whole movie. Destination. John Calvin's favorite franchise. Who's 
John. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like who's John Calvin? I've been out of the game a long time. I'm familiar with him. Vanessa Hudgens, famous Calvinist. Yeah. Uh, are you yeah. familiar with? Yeah. I, okay. I, you I, are. Okay. Good. 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 But that was. I thought that was kind of a fun part of the whole Omen movie too. Was like. This guy Creative we deaths. know is going to die yeah. And yeah, in, a, in like a psychotic way. I do wonder. There's been so many others. I wonder. There's Damien, Omen 2, Omen 3, The Final Conflict, Omen 4, The Awakening. Just <laughs> Omen kidding. Omen goes to jail. <laughs> Omen, Omen scared stupid. Omen scared stupid. Omen saves Christmas? <laughs> wow. <laughs> cool. Air Omen. Oh. <laughs> By the way, your husband stars in the remake. In 2006, <laughs> it's Liev Schreiber Arr. and Julia Stiles ugh, as the as the couple. And Mia Farrow as Mrs. Baylock. I bet she was scary. Oh, I bet. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, I've soiled myself with two and a half <laughs> gallons of piss. A mere two and a half. We're, we're going to have to look guests in the eyes and say... And explain. On a scale of one to five gallons of piss? This thing that we may never have said without the shame of another adult human <laughs> in the room. Stranger. I think they'll be down. All right. Let's bring it down. Let's bring it down. We're dimming the lights in here. You can leave them up. I didn't... Huh? It's just us here, Kevin. Okay. I don't like this. I know you like okay, it. Hey, we're at four gallons. <laughs> <laughs> I did make all the lights in the room red. You're definitely going to need to donate the this only, couch. The, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that's lit is Elmo <laughs> conducting a seance. So scary. Elmo wants to raise you from the dead. Elmo blends into this light. Oh, no. There's a moth above him. Ew. That is kind of scary looking. Okay. Uh, we don't promote ourselves or plug our projects. We lift them up, including what we're enjoying in secular culture. Caroline, what you got? I got Caroline's farts. Yet again, week in, week out. I'm there working. <laughs> in the working fart like factory? Dog in the fart factory. Um, my Instagram has been like flopping lately. How do you mean? I think I'm doing too much. I think I used to just really like do a drop, you know, once a year. Yeah, you've been galloning it up. <laughs> galloning it up. <laughs> so, I don't know. Be aware of that. And then... <laughs> Be aware that your <laughs> Instagram is a flop? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's on me. That's I, on me. I think I'm I got, aware. I got greedy. <laughs> um, and um, my lift up is season three of the Apple TV show Physical. I thought you were going to say the morning show. I might start that. Physical is so good. That's Rose like, Byrne and Zoe Deschanel. Rose Byrne is incredible. Zoe was such a weird casting for the part she plays, but she's good. And then uh, Rory Scrovel is the dumb dad. He's perfect. I saw him at Into the Woods. He was there the night we went with his that. family, but I didn't want to bug him. I think he's so freaking funny. He is funny. He's really good in the show, yeah. too. You'd like it. I feel like I haven't seen him play like a romantic lead since that one... Amy Schumer I wouldn't movie. say he's romantic. <laughs> he's not? Is he like a predator or something? <laughs> no, he's just like a, a dick. Okay. Um, Great. Sh- it's just a really good show, and I like where they're taking it. All right. Physical <laughs> on Apple TV. Wait, did you get your own Apple TV Plus? You always ask this every time I bring up Apple. Because really? you're like, how dare 
She I had the end of my over domain. <laughs> <laughs> I got my own ways. All right. Well, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. What? Eeny, meeny, miny, may. What will I lift up today? Um, <laughs> I guess I will lift up movie I watched recently called... The Game with Michael Douglas. I love that movie. You've seen it? Yeah. That was one of the first radar movies I saw. That's the one where he's like thrown into... A game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By his tweaky brother, Sean Penn. That movie's awesome. I thought it would not hold up upon rewatch because I haven't seen it in 20 years or so. Held up phenomenally. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I hear that. I have like images burning my brain from that movie. The first time hearing um, White Rabbit, that song. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, Come to dominate our lives. It's a birthday party. It's it's a birthday gift in the movie, rather, the game. And his birthday's October 11th in the movie. Isn't that funny? Same birthday as Mark Driscoll. And I, <laughs> I thought that was a fun fact. <laughs> that could be a theme for your birthday this year. Martin. The game, Kevin. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope it ends the same way, but there's no pad there. <laughs> We're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we were going to chill. I'm like, I get it, guys. It's a game. <laughs> we're like, no. <laughs> uh, you can lift me up. All right. At Kevin T. Porter everywhere. Uh, at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Email us at goodchristianfun at gmail.com and subscribe at patreon.com slash goodchristianfun. We're going to be doing perhaps some movie heavens this month. Perhaps some heaven is for reals. This month. Maybe that's a way to get you to watch a movie. That would help so much. If we're doing live commentary over it. Yeah. Or maybe we'll just rewatch Devil's Happy. <laughs> <laughs> could be our new uh, tradition. I mean, it's got Keanu and Al. I don't I don't know. It's so fun. You're getting warm now, Kevin. Uh, I'm peeking. I'm peeking, Kevin. That's him <laughs> asking me to turn down his level on the Zoom. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. All right. Now, remember our, remember our new mm-hmm. movie Hell Month, the Hell Mouth Hell Month. Remember the prayer at the end. Okay. There's nothing left to say except for, okay. okay. I love, love you, you, Emma. Oh, oh man. man. Now watch, watch this drive. die. Oh, you almost forgot to do it. I did. I started <laughs> making the A sound. You did. Like a loser. And in honor of our fallen angel, who's maybe bubba bubbling away in a hot tub right now down below. Let's I hope go, so. Let's let's go out <laughs> with this very creepy song. Nothing says Hell Month like this song. Lord, I lift your name on high by Carmen. Lord, I lift your name Lord. On high. does he sound like he's on a cruise? You can hear the smile. <laughs> I'm so glad you're in my life. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My dad. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>